is Molly Patrick, and you're listening to the Clean Food Dirty Girl podcast. We are all about helping people eat more plants and celebrating imperfection as we navigate life's messiness. Hello, all my dirty friends. How are you doing today? I am doing well. I am, I'm pumped up about today's topic, actually. So we're doing this uh, 21 day dry challenge. It's a no drinking and eating lots of plants 21 day challenge that we've, um, we're doing this with compliment and it's already started. It's, um, we're going into week two, ah, depending on when you listen to this, but over in Slack, we were kind of talking about, um, the place of non-alcoholic beverages in the realms of like a sobriety challenge or just kind of sobriety in general. And I, that actually, I have a lot to say about this and I thought it was a great, great topic. And I really wanted to cover it because I have some insight. I have some experience, um, that I want to share just some personal experiences that I want to share. And I think for, for anybody who, is thinking about giving up alcohol, or maybe you are doing the challenge right now and you're sort of in the midst of giving it up. Um, I think that this will be, be a good topic. This is something that I wish I would have heard more about, um, in the beginning stages of my sobriety, um, just because I think that it's interesting. So, okay. There, it used to be that you could get like one or two brands of like pretty shitty non-alcoholic beer, right? If you if you weren't going to drink, it was like, well, I mean, there's lots of non-alcoholic options, but I always remember um, I had a neighbor who didn't drink and whenever there was like get, get togethers, this was like when I was little, um, he would bring over a N.A. Um, O'Doul's with him to drink. And and that was kind of the only option for a long time. And now the non-alcoholic beverage industry is really booming. And there are um, a ton of, I don't know if there's a ton, that might be an exaggeration, but there are a lot of companies who are now embracing it. And there are even um, like really craft, craft non-alcoholic beers being made and, and really, decent, I guess, non-alcoholic wine being made. And it's, it's kind of a thing. Like there are stores that sell nothing but, um, non-alcoholic beverages, right? That's not just water. (laughs) So, and then we have also like in the realm of non-alcoholic beverages, we also have the, the topic of kombucha. And this has been one that I found really interesting over the years. And I sort of wanted to talk to with you all about my experience with kombucha and it really like kombucha was something that really was, I mean, it's a fermented drink and in most kombuchas, there are trace amounts of alcohol. It depends on the brand. There are some kombucha brands out there that is certified non-alcoholic, but most kombucha brands don't go through that process because they don't technically have to, to be sold in grocery stores or in restaurants without, um, you know, being able to be sold to people who are above the 
the legal drinking age because the, the, the amounts are so low that they're not considered alcoholic beverages. However, there is trace amounts of alcohol since it is fermented. And so some companies have gone through the process of being certified non-alcoholic. Okay, so the question kind of is, where do these fit in? If you are not drinking, if you're trying not to drink, if you're somebody who um, is prone to over drinking, like w- w- what role do these things play? And I think there, there definitely is not one answer. I think it's as individual as all of us. And I think that it's totally up to the person. Of course, it's totally up to the person who is not drinking and it's totally their choice. Um, But I think it does depend on the reasons why you're not drinking. And I think that that has to do with, with, um, I think that that's a big thing to consider is what is, why aren't you drinking, right? What are your reasons? And that can kind of play into um, how those things, what kind of, um, you know, a role those things play in your life. So I think that, that it's, it's very individual. So there's no way I could say, oh, I think that these are really good options for people or I think that these are really bad options for people. It's kind of like full meat, right? The, I did a podcast about this <clears throat> a few weeks back about faux meat and kind of the role that faux meat plays um, in people's lives. <clears throat> and just like that, it was very much an, an individual thing. And it totally depends on the person who is embarking on a, you know, meat free journey. So <clears throat> I'm sorry, there's something in my throat, but I think it's gone now. Okay. So I'm going to just tell you a little bit of my personal experiences with non-alcoholic beverages. Um, and and maybe you'll get some ahas from it, or maybe it'll, maybe you can relate to some of this or learn something from it. I don't know, but here, here's my experience from it. Maybe it'll do none of those things. <laughs> I don't know. And if you don't, like if you're somebody who doesn't have a problem with alcohol and you don't drink and it's not an issue, or if you, or if you do drink, but you know, have no problem drinking in moderation, then, you know, maybe this is an episode that you can skip, but, um, you know, here are my, my experiences with this. So I, I, when I first quit drinking, I did not want to drink non-alcoholic beer or non-alcoholic wine because I felt like kind of like, what's the point, right? If I'm, if I'm going to drink, if I'm going to have that taste in my mouth, I want to feel the effect of it. Like I did not drink. Well, I never really drank a lot of beer except for when I was much younger. And then I drank a lot of beer. Um, but as I got older, beer wasn't my thing. My thing was wine. So I never, and I didn't drink because I really loved the taste of alcohol. I drank because I liked how alcohol made me feel. And so for me having that taste, but none of the effects, I was like, uh, I just don't really see a point. Um, so that's the first, that's the first thing. So I never, I mean, it was, I'm going to be sober now seven years in June seven years or is it eight years? 18, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. So it's going to be eight years in June. So it's seven years right now. So last, so in all of those years, I never drank any of it, any non-alcoholic beer or wine, except for a very small window last year 
and it was early November. And I was going through something, you guys. <laughs> I was going through some big, heavy stuff having to do with um, my relationship um, at the time. And I was in a very, very low point and I was feeling like I never got to the point where I seriously considered drinking, but I got to a point where it really pissed me off that I couldn't drink in a reasonable manner. I really wished I could drink and for a for a slight moment it was like huh I wonder I wonder what that would be like it wasn't to the point where I was like going to do it I hadn't made any plans I hadn't you know I really I never got like dangerously close to drinking but I was thinking about it a lot and for my particular case, um, a couple of things were going, I mean, obviously there was a lot of, um, you know, stuff in my life that I was dealing with, but I felt, um, for various reasons, which aren't as important, the way that I was feeling, um, I was feeling like my self-esteem was really, really taking a hit. I felt really, um, unattractive. I felt like I looked really old. I felt like I wasn't lovable or I wasn't sexy or I wasn't, um, like that was just, that part was kind of, that, that part was just kind of gone in my life. Um, I was doing a lot of comparing myself to, um, younger people and, um, younger, funner people who could go and drink and have a good time. And, you know, in their early thirties and looked fabulous with the hangover. And, <laughs> um, and I was feeling, I was feeling really inadequate. I was really feeling like my sobriety at that point, although it, this is not true. And I see that very clearly now, but there was a point last year where I felt like my sobriety was a liability and my sobriety was sort of keeping me from life in a way. And I was just feeling really, really down. And I also had thought about the world of seeing new people and having no fucking clue how I was going to do that sober. Because when I got sober, I was with Luann and I had been with her. I mean, I got sober in 2015. I had been with her since 2008. So it had been a long time of, you know, with, of being with her and then getting sober. So I never dated without alcohol. Right. I never, um, I don't know. I never saw anybody romantically with drinking or went on dates or, or had to navigate a, a new relationship without drinking. And, and 
you know, up until that point, that was always very much a part of my relationships and about, and very much a part of my, um, dating life and my, um, sex life and my, like all of that, like alcohol was a, a, a very big part of that because I've always had sort of, I've, I'm actually very shy and I'm, um, very introverted and it takes me a while to really warm up to people and to kind of come out of my shell um, and drinking for me always made that process much faster. And so that was the other thing. I was feeling really, my self-esteem was really shot. I was really feeling like not great about myself. And I was thinking like, how in the world am I ever going to to date somebody being sober? It's, it's just, I felt like I was going to be the most boring person in the room. I thought that people weren't going to be interested. I thought that I was just going to be no fun at all. And so my mind went to like, huh, I wonder, not really like, I wonder, it's not, I wonder if I should drink. It's like, oh, wow, I wonder what that would be like to now be in sort of my life now with drinking. And like I said, I never got to the point where I was seriously considering it. Like I, I, in my mind, it was always like very black and white that I'm not going to do that. But I will say I did have some mind fuckery over that, um, or about that. And so it was during that time where I was like, I did some research on, um, non-alcoholic wine and non-alcoholic beer. And I read some articles, um, and, and really was like, Oh, this is like a thing. This is like a a whole like kind of industry now where it didn't used to be. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try some. And so I went to, I think I went to Whole Foods and I, I bought like two bottles of non-alcoholic wine and I bought like a six pack of like a craft non-alcoholic beer. I got the, the NA wine that had won prizes and I was like excited to try them. And I tried, I had a glass of wine. It was a white wine, uh, non-alcoholic. And as I was drinking it, I felt really fucking sad because in that, in that moment in my life, I wanted it to be something that it wasn't. I wasn't drinking it just because I was curious about how a non-alcoholic wine would taste. I was drinking it because I, I really wanted it to do something to me. I really wanted to feel a buzz from it. And I, and I knew that I wouldn't, right. I knew that I wouldn't, but having that taste in my mouth, it, it felt to me really icky. And I, I, the association was just not great. And so I drank it. I didn't enjoy it very much, but most of all, I, I felt really sad about where I was in that particular moment in my life, because I knew that there were some things happening that I just had to face head on and that there were some like decisions that I had to make. And there were some things that I was doing that I deep down wasn't comfortable doing. And I was making choices that went against that. And so I wasn't in line with my integrity. And so the fix for it wasn't non-alcoholic wine or non-alcoholic beer. This isn't going to do anything to kind of, get to the root of, of 
sort of my misalignment or my pain at that moment. Um, what was going to help me the most is just being very honest with myself about my particular situation and making a different choice. And had I done that, I wouldn't have needed, I wouldn't have needed to seek out non-alcoholic wine and non-alcoholic beer. So it was a very sad experience for me. And I drank one glass of that white NA wine and I I never touched it again. Um, I think I had one of the beers, like half of one. Cause I was like, I would like literally rather drink water cause I don't like the taste of beer. Um, and I didn't touch it again. And that was, and, and, and I won't, I, I don't for myself, I don't see, um, a a reason to do that. I don't see a purpose of that. If I am going out to dinner or if I am having, you know, attending a party or throwing a party, I will very happily drink sparkling water and leave it at that. And I'm very happy to do that. I don't feel the need to do that. And the reasons why I was doing that weren't really in alignment with my sort of (laughs) um, path, so to speak. So That's my experience with that. Now, some people, you know, just don't drink because there's a health concern or don't drink because, you know, what, like there's a lot of reasons why people decide not to drink. Not all of them, not, not everybody doesn't drink because they have a problem with drinking. Um, maybe somebody does really like the taste of beer and they just can't drink because they don't want to um, cause any unnecessary health problems. And in that case, maybe an NA beer on the weekend for them is like a wonderful thing. And so I don't, like I said, I mean, it's not like this blanket, bad, horrible thing. And even for me, it wasn't bad or horrible. It just, for me, it was just more sad. And it was just a reminder of like, okay, I have bigger work to do here. Like there's deeper work that I, that is, that the life is presenting me with that now I have the opportunity to do and to dig deeper than to um, purchase these drinks and wish they were something else and wish I was buzzed so that I didn't have to deal with, with what was in front of me. Um, and so for some people totally might work for me. They didn't for all of those reasons. Um, but now I want to talk about kombucha and kind of switch gears here. Cause this is a little bit different. So I like, I can drink like most, I don't know the, the kombuchas that I've had, um, for the most part, I don't have a problem drinking them. I think that they can be really, um, yummy. I don't really subscribe to the idea that kombucha is a health drink. Um, I know a lot of people would disagree with me. A lot of people are very passionate and think that it's really a cure all for a lot of things, including, um, gut issues and this and that for me, just like with anything, I don't really think that there's like this one miracle thing that's going to solve all the problems. I think it's, you know, your overall lifestyle and what you eat every day and what you put in your body every day and how you move your body. It's the best indicator of your overall health. So for me, kombucha has been one of those things that I have on occasion. That's like, you know, something a little bit special and fancy. And most brands that I've tried are fine. I can have one and then not think about having any more. Even if there are trace amounts, even if I buy a kombucha that's not certified non-alcoholic, I can have one and I can be good with having one. And then I don't think about it again. And then it's like a non-issue. And so it's not something that I do regularly. In fact, I haven't had a 
kombuchan. Oh no, I had one like maybe I shared one with somebody like a few weeks ago, but that was it. So, but, but I mean, before that it had been probably a few months. I don't even remember. Um, now there is one particular brand of kombucha that I was drinking semi-regularly a few years ago. And I think it just, it, it always made me feel super mellow and it always made me feel a little bit like, hmm, just very, very content. (laughs) And so I think that that one probably had a higher amount of, of alcohol in it. And funny enough, I started craving that. And as soon as I started craving it, I was like, oh, okay, I can't drink this. There's, there's enough alcohol in it that it's actually physically doing something to me. And then therefore that's like initiating the addict part of my brain. It's like, whoop, we want more of that. So I just quit drinking that one altogether. Um, and then it, it wasn't an issue. So it, Again, it depends on your reasons for not drinking. Now, I will say as well that um, my my dad quit drinking um, several years ago, and it took him a few tries to stop. And I'm going to tell tell this story just for a totally different perspective on this. He was um, drinking kombucha when he stopped. And because kombucha is fermented, some brands that have more alcohol in it um, or more traces of alcohol in it can smell, can smell like alcohol, right? Um, And some brands don't, Uh, some brands are more mild. I I find that it really varies between the, the companies and the brands, but he was drinking kombucha and it turns out that I mean, it, it took him a few tries to quit. So he kind of started or stopped and then started again, stopped and started again. And he actually, in addition to kombucha, he was drinking alcohol. And um, when my mom asked him like, hey, are you, are you drinking? He said, oh no, it's kombucha. And he was drinking. And that was, you know, I mean, you, you, you've all heard the, the saying that, um, people who are addicts are the best liars, <laughs> especially when it comes to their addiction, right? Cause they don't want to get caught. They don't want to quit. And so when, and so my mom was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Right. And so he hid that from her and kind of used kombucha as, um, a scapegoat. Now, when he quit drinking the last time, he also quit drinking kombucha cause he knew that like, he didn't want to have that as, um, are a readily available excuse. And so he, he hasn't had a drink for, it's going on three years. Um, and he also doesn't drink kombucha and he has no interest in drinking NA beer or NA wine for, you know, the same reasons that I have no interest in doing that. Um, so, so I thought that that was an interesting kind of perspective about that as well. And so I think if you, I mean, you know, if you, some people can drink kombucha who are, you know, not drinking and who have a problem drinking. Some people, it's better that they don't have any because it does affect them, especially if, if it's a brand that has, a, you know, more traces of alcohol. Um, so I think it just totally depends on the person. And like I said, for me, some kombuchas are fine. And I know if one has more alcohol because I'll feel it. And then after a couple of times, 
my brain will just start wanting more. And that's when I know like, oh, I can't do it. Um, and then I'll, I'll stop. And so it's kind of easier just to not drink it. Like I don't, I used to buy it for my house, but I don't, I haven't bought any kombucha for a long time. And I don't, um, the only thing that I like bring in the house is, um, sparkling water anymore. That's the only thing. Um, so that is sort of my journey with non-alcoholic beverages and with kombucha. And, um, if I'm, if I'm going out, like if I'm going out to dinner or going out to a party or something and there is kombucha there, then I'll usually um, drink one. And, and like I said, usually that doesn't have any effect on me and I don't crave it and it's totally fine. Um, and so it's not like I don't drink it at all, but I am cautious about it. So I am kind of aware and I do know that certain ones can get me hooked um, and just, and they just stick with the ones that don't do that. Um, and so it takes some awareness and it takes some just understanding that kombucha can have that effect on people. And so, I don't know, I think is, is, you know, you'll, you'll make the best decision for you. Um, but this has been my experience with all of this. And so it's not, like I said, I mean, it's not like this, this blanket statement of like, oh, it's a good thing or it's a bad thing or it's helpful or it's not helpful. You need to decide that for yourself. And, uh, that this is where I've landed with this topic. So I hope that you found it useful. And for those of you doing the challenge, I hope that you're enjoying it and really enjoying waking up without a hangover. It never, ever gets old. I love waking up without a hangover every day, almost every day. (laughs) Um, I'm grateful for it. In the beginning, it was every day. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Every morning that I woke up without a hangover in the beginning was like, what? Life is so good. Um, and I still, I'm very grateful for that. So I hope that you're enjoying that and I hope they're eating all those delicious plants and fueling your body with, uh, with the stuff that loves you back. Okay. Have a beautiful day and I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Hey again. So I wanted to mention uh, just one last thing before I go. So earlier in the podcast, you heard me talking about how, there was a moment last year. Um, it was, I said November, but it was actually October of last year, 2022. And I thought that for the first time, it felt like not drinking was a liability. And I kind of talked about that. And I, I just wanted to circle back and, and just say one more thing about that. And that is, I am so so thankful. And I thank my, my past self so much for not drinking and for staying the course and for not. And it was, like I said, I mean, it was never like dangerously close to thinking about drinking, but it, it scared me to think of drinking as being a liability because I had always seen it as something that I was so grateful for and that my life was so much better off for. And I had never seen it as sort of a disadvantage. And when I was looking at it from that lens, and of course, right, these are all thoughts and thoughts create our feelings. I talk about it all the time. But when I was thinking about it from that perspective of drinking, of not drinking, of being sober as being a liability and kind of being something that was working against me, it really felt heavy and it really felt horrible. And I felt really 
um, like for the first time in all of my years of not drinking, for the first time I felt like, oh man, like, I don't know. It's not like I felt like I really wanted to drink, but it, it was the first time that I had thought, oh, my life would be better if I did drink because I had never felt that up until that point with me being sober. So I was very, like during that time, I was very aware of that. I had a lot of awareness around it. I was very conscious of how I was thinking about it. And like I knew that I was going to get through it and I knew that I wasn't going to drink. And I also knew that thinking about it like that was not helping me terribly. Um, but that's where I was at. So I just had to ride that out. I just had to be there with it and, um, kind of accept that that's how I was thinking about it in the moment. That didn't mean that I had to do anything about it. That didn't mean I had to act on it. That didn't mean that there was anything wrong. It, and, and I also was very much questioning myself, well, is this true? Actually, can you be sure that this is true? Would your life actually be better? How would my life be better? if I drank in these ways. And, you know, as I would think that through, I would come back to, well, no, it wouldn't. It's not. It's not going to make my life better. Um, It's not going to make my life easier. In fact, it would make it harder and more difficult. And um, and the the heavy stuff that I was going through, it would have made that so much harder to get through. And I knew all of that. Like I was really solid and all of that, but it was just those sneaky little thoughts coming up like, oh, it would be better if you drank and for these reasons right now. So once I got past like the heaviest, hardest part of all of that, I, you know, I was so happy that I had gotten through that um, without drinking, with staying the course, with, with keeping my sobriety. And it turned out that I, like I, I, came to find out that I was so wrong. Like I did not need to drink to date. I did not need to have alcohol to, to be social with someone new. I did not need alcohol to, to numb me out or act as that social lubricant. And in fact, when I did start dating, when I did start seeing somebody, I was so thankful that I was going into it so clearly and that I was experiencing everything with such clarity, not just the physical stuff, but also the emotional stuff. Um, I wasn't numbed out or, um, you know, I was just right there. And that, and that was an amazing thing to experience to start seeing somebody and to start, you know, doing these things with somebody who are brand new, um, while being really present and really clear-minded and really right there, I realized, wow, that is, it is not a liability. Like I am so thankful that I am sober and what a gift and what a, what a gift it is for myself to be sober through all this and what a gift it is for my new partner for me to be sober through all of this as well. Um, because having somebody there who's present to everything is, oh my gosh, so much easier than being with somebody who's just kind of half there. And so 
it it became very clear like oh my god I was so thankful to be going through that sober and it wasn't um it wasn't hard I just I think when I was thinking about dating other people I was always thinking about um like dating people who also drank a lot or who drank or or people that I would meet at in like parties because in my mind that's all you know I mean prior to my the relationship that I was in and 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 in the midst of not being in anymore I had always it had you know dating and drinking and hooking up all went hand in hand and so in my mind it was like yeah I couldn't quite picture it but then when it happened I, w- I quickly saw that like oh okay this is actually so much easier and so much better um to go into this with having a clear mind and sober eyes and all of that so I just wanted to swing back and and add that part as well um I didn't want to leave you hanging there um and know that it that it, it worked out I was I <laughs> I got through and was so much better off for it. And and I will never think think about me not drinking as a liability again. That was that was a lie that I was telling myself. Um and that was something that you know, maybe it was a message that I got from other people that I started to believe, but I see now that that was so not true. Um I am perfectly fine just being me and without and not drinking. So anyways, that's that's what I have for you. So, um, okay, now get back to eating plants. I'm going to go do the same. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, you are going to love Plant Fueled Life, our monthly membership where we help you eat more plants and celebrate that beautiful human imperfection that we all have. You can try it out for free for 10 days by going to the show notes of this episode and clicking on free trial. You can also go to our website, cleanfooddirtygirl.com and clicking on the banner at the top of the website, uh, click on start free trial and that'll get you there too. Also, if you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoyed or if you enjoy this podcast, will you do me a solid and rate and review it so that other people can find it as well? Okay, thanks so much.